Hello and welcome to the Intercultural Podcast, where we discuss the unique challenges of intercultural relationships, including differences of nationality, ethnicity, or religion. I am Ibrahim. And I'm Jenna. Each week, we discuss a different topic on living and thriving in an increasingly global society. I'm Jenna. Today we're going to talk about language barriers, which I think Ibo is going to be able to speak to better than me because, I mean, I speak a little bit of Turkish, but it's at a pretty low level. So, I mean, I guess I've been to other countries and been able, unable to speak to people. So I guess that counts. You are the first American that I met so eager to learn Turkish. Which is pretty rare. I think it's going to become less rare in the coming years because I I talked to this this older woman from my hometown in Kansas, and she was also learning Turkish. She was like in her fifties, really? and yes. Please don't tell me she was watching Turkish soap opera. Y- yeah, she was. She was watching no way. Turkish dramas. And oh she God. had a lot to say about them. Yes, guys, let's go. And she was talking about how how the characters are so much more developed in Turkish dramas, <laughs> which I don't know. I can't. I I don't watch Turkish dramas. Sorry. Yeah, you shouldn't be watching. But so I can't speak to that. But yeah, she was learning Turkish, and she really wanted to go to Turkey. And me and Memo are trying to find a husband for her in Turkey, so she can go <laughs> live there. Good luck with that. Well, we'll see. You never know. No, actually, <laughs> you don't need luck with that. You're just, it's going to be pretty easy to find an husband. I mean, I'm I'm looking. I, I found a potential suitor for her, but. Yeah, um, what are the qualifications for what, what's. Um, he has to be like, how, how, how old he has to be? Well, he needs to be the same age, same roughly. Same age, okay. Like mid 50s and. She doesn't want a chauvinist guy. Hmm. I don't meet that many chauvinist Turkish guys, but I'm sure there are plenty that you have to avoid. But uh, yeah, we're looking. We're on the lookout. We'll see. Oh, okay. And then um, our friend, his new wife, is also was also very interested in like Turkish music, Turkish pop songs, and was learning Turkish before she even met him, <laughs> which is crazy. Which I hadn't met anyone like that. I've met some people who have learned a little bit of Turkish here and there because they're in a relationship with a Turkish person like myself. But they they met and it was like a click. She's like, I love all things Turkish and you're Turkish. So, <laughs> Oh my God. So proud of my nation right now. I'm, I'm hearing more and more people in the U.S. like, interested in Turkish music and TV shows, oh, wow. and I think it's going to become more popular. We'll see. Well, yeah, the Turkish movies and movie stars and series are really, really popular around, like, Middle East, Russia, mm. I would say Ukraine, and also, like, at the Balkans and South America. Hmm, okay. Peru, Colombia, and stuff, you know, the other, other countries, such as countries like that. But I never thought that it would be not, like, so popular, but kind of draws attention in in here like in, in the u.s yeah it's funny because before i met memo like i dreamed of like going to istanbul mm. but i didn't really know anything about turkey besides i want to go there as a tourist okay but now i feel like uh well if not for global politics but now i feel like more people are aware of turkey in the u.s and it's i think more of the pop culture is going to catch on. That's awesome. Well, talking about marriage, of finding a right candidate for your for your friend. Mm-hmm. Is she looking for a fluent speaker or? Oh, um, yeah. That's they... where it comes to the language barrier, I guess. Yeah, right. Because she cannot converse in Turkish. So she would for sure need someone who spoke pretty good English 
for me, like when I first started dating Memo, mm-hmm. his English was pretty good, but it's gotten a lot better since then in the past four years. And I would adjust like the way that I spoke to him to like use more simplistic terms. Mm-hmm. And now after, you know, we, we talk every day, of course, and spend, have spent so many hours talking that now I just, I speak normally to him and like, I don't filter myself the way I did before. And now I really very rarely ask him to repeat himself. Like I can understand him. And part of that is um, getting used to an accent because initially if you haven't heard an accent before, you're going to have a hard time. Yeah, of course. If you're like adapted to someone's accent, like it's much it's much easier because even if like someone speaks perfect English, you know, people we live in New York and there's people from all around the world and there are many accents here. Yeah. And I'll see people, you know, if they haven't heard that accent, even if the speaker is superbly fluent, they're still not getting it. Still, like, what are you saying? Because it's just your brain needs to adjust to that new input. When I was in Turkey, when I would speak some Turkish to people, none of them understand me. No like, way. Well, okay. They understand me a little bit. And some people understood me better than others, which they were younger, mm-hmm. so they were probably exposed to a little bit more American media. Okay. But a lot of the times, you know, I'd, I would check, like, did I, did I use the right words? And yeah, but they don't know anything I'm saying because they haven't heard an American speak Turkish in their life. Yeah. Like, maybe they've heard a British person speaking Turkish, but American, no. Very rarely will you come across that. So it's like, that's an accent they haven't heard before. They don't know what the fuck I'm saying. And it's, it's incredibly frustrating because you work so hard to, you know, to be able to, to relate to people and to be able to speak to them, especially if it's your significant other's family, you know, mm-hmm. you, you want to have some kind of, some kind of connection to yeah, them yeah. and you can do everything and still come up short, it seems. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure they will. They are like still proud that they have an um, an American person speaking Turkish in their household. You know, they are so sweet, <laughs> and it's it's so funny. One day, um, Namo's brother was driving us somewhere, and he said, "Wow, uh, we have an American in our car right now." With <laughs> <us>. <laughs> you know, it's just it's really cute. So, uh, yeah, of course, I'm gonna feel. A little special, but <laughs> you have right to feel in that every way. Well, thanks. But yeah, uh, I see like people who's getting married or who's like dating one another like doesn't know, doesn't know how to speak in English. Mm-hmm. That's a big. That's a kind of big obstacle. Yeah. If you haven't learned English before, or if you're like really bad at school, in Turkey, like uh, English lessons are mandatory. You have to take them mm-hmm. fourth grade till high school. Mid, mid high school, especially like first two years of high school. Mm. For me, I was lucky. Before I decided to come to US, I was like careless about learning a new, new language, especially in English. It seems like too much of a bother to me. You know, mm-hmm. I said, I, I felt like I'm not going to ever use. I was like so small minded. And uh, as I grew up, when I was like a teenager, I started feeling much closer to the idea of. New, new language so for me before i came to us i had some knowledge mm-hmm. it took me like three months to get used to get used to people who like people talking here to understand them not even like i wasn't still be able to like talk fluent way but after like three months i was like i got i got better well what were you saying like you could speak english okay when you came but when you when it came to like no no i i I couldn't speak at all oh okay yeah i was like good at school Mm -hmm. and uh i was like watching a lot of you know like documentaries and and stuff but uh when it comes to practicing i had no one 
and I also had limited, very limited time to decide to come here. So when I came, I felt like I felt like prepared. Actually, I felt like mm. okay, I'm gonna be good at this. You know, I got this. And first, I like started working as a lifeguard in in the pool. My my managers, my supervisors were like talking to me, and then I was like, no shit, <laughs> you know, this is gonna be a long way. Oh my gosh. I remember like I was like on duty some days like without understanding any words that my my superior said to me and I was like <laughs> nodding my head <laughs> but uh after like I hope they weren't telling you like how to save a life <laughs> uh, yeah they were telling me <laughs> <laughs> thank god things didn't get to that point yes uh, I didn't have to save anyone oh, and it okay. was not much of a deep pool it was like an artificial river that's okay. only like yeah you blow your waist so meant for, mostly meant for children and okay. mostly like children were like uh in, with parents in there you know so um but after like three months closer to end of my program i really got better understanding talking yeah i got better but not mm -hmm. that much and then my program finished and i had to go back to turkey and i spent a whole other year not talking to anyone and then i was like going back to square one actually not not really yeah i got rusty right yeah of course i i did because it was like all yeah two years almost i was like in in the country not leaving and uh but i was at the same time like still practicing on the side little by little like watching movies but you couldn't talk and listen to like a native speaker in front of you i couldn't when you were back in Turkey, back like in Turkey. trying to maintain your English, mm -hmm. you you can't like be immersed. I wasn't like, yeah, I wasn't like really good at speaking. Hmm. But understanding, I got, yeah, I was like able to watch movies with English subtitles. Before that, I had to watch it with like Turkish subtitles. Hmm. And, then I, and then I switched it to English subtitles. And that got me another level of understanding, understanding better and more clearly. And then I should have done that in the first place instead of watching it with Turkish Turk subtitles, actually. Well, that's something like a lot of people don't realize the importance of just uh, just listening. Yeah. Because I was reading um, an article about this, actually. People don't place the importance of listening and comprehension where that's really where you learn the language. And they were recommending that you don't put like your language's subtitles on to just let the language just wash over you. And even if you don't understand everything, just like let it come in and don't necessarily like sit there trying to translate. And that is a more um, natural way of learning a language. If you are going to have a relationship or a friendship or whatever with, with someone, um, maybe it's their second language or your second language, um, I think it's good to go in with the mindset of there's going to be some miscommunications and there's going to be some frustrations um, and to just be aware. Yep, you should be ready. Because it will happen. <laughs> and I think patience is a virtue. I I really want to like help people with their English, like when I'm talking to um someone who's learning English or maybe not as skilled. And they have a lot more to tell you than you might suspect when you first talk to them for the first minute or two. You might think oh, they can't have a, a deep conversation with me. But if you allow space for people and are patient and non-judgmental, people really have surprised me in the past where I've had deeper conversations with someone who I initially thought I would not be able to because of maybe their lack of English. People know more than they, than they seem first of all and second of all there are like ways that you can um that you can reach the meaning mm -hmm. you may not know an english word but if you are accommodating someone or being creative linguistically you can come to understand what they're trying to tell you and so that's something i really 
advocate for in, in all areas, actually, of communicating with people is to give people opportunity and space. I just think it's so it's so hard to comprehend the the understanding and intelligence and depth of a human being when they don't speak your language perfectly. Mm-hmm. And you have to remember that because your brain will not communicate that to you. You know, your brain will just be like, well, this is the input I'm getting. That's all there is to them. You have to like be conscious of the fact this person has an entire in- internal world that I don't have access to. Yeah. And and it's so easy to see someone from the perspective of their uh, inability. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I wanted to ask, when you're like having an argument with Memo, mm-hmm. do you like a language issue that like it was like hard for you to understand or hard for him to understand? And you were talking about your relationship or I don't know, like talking, arguing about who's going to wash the dishes today or, you know. The answer is me. <laughs> Except Memo wouldn't make a good example out of it because his English was better. His English was good when mm-hmm. you first met him, right? Well, I think when it comes to English, because this dominant culture, dominant Western culture in all around the world, you know, mm-hmm. even though my even though my brother he doesn't like he doesn't have a proper education in language, but he can still talk. He can he can talk some in English. Mm. When I was dating my ex girlfriend. Sometimes if you were like doing the FaceTime and my brother would, would join to the conversation and then when I like first see I was talking in English, I was like surprised. Like how the hell did you learn? <laughs> he said from video games. <laughs> I was about to guess that. I was like yeah. he undoubtedly he watches YouTube or Twitch or, yeah, or exactly, whatever. Exactly. Because that's I see that all the time. People are like I learned English because I was watching people playing video games or yeah. talking about video games. And it's it's really common now. And that's also like the way people learn language is they are interested. For new generation, is language barriers are like, like a less of a problem now <laughs> than 20 years ago. Oh, well, definitely. Sorry, I mean, I didn't cut. We were, you were saying something. I didn't want to cut you off. Oh, no. Yeah, well... With the internet, I mean, we're living in a more global society now, and English is everywhere. It is really everywhere, and it's easier for, like, kids growing up to pick up English because there's so much English content about stuff they're interested in, like video games. And in America, like, in many countries, I there is a desire for people, young people, to learn another language that interests people and a lot of people in the u.s will lament about the fact that we don't learn a second language we only learn english even though like a huge portion of our population speaks spanish and it would be extremely useful for americans to know spanish as a second language yeah and a lot of young people are really upset about the fact that they they had no education really in a second language people my age especially who we grew up we were young before youtube was a big thing right yeah we were and before social media in those prime language learning years we didn't have access to some of those things we didn't have resources back then you know so not like this, yeah. I think with those resources with like YouTube and all those I don't know all the new the new social medias and stuff, but people are interested and they want to know. They want to know another language. They don't a lot of Americans feel stupid because they don't know a second language and Americans are always looking to Europe as like our as our destination well for sure but (laughs) i just mean like our beacon of western society there's a little bit of a you know a european obsession here and they all speak a second language Mm -hmm. and we're jealous of them like (laughs) oh you guys are so cultured and knowledgeable and look at us idiots here (laughs) but we'll see like 
I mean, perhaps as as time goes on, there will be more people speaking a second language in the U.S. Oh yeah, of course, and especially like people who come who came here as an Im- immigrants, and then they you know have a child here, and that child would like raise in a multilingual bilingual family he can speak to what the native language of the family is and then he can speak turkish sorry 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 english <laughs> and then learn spanish in school or french if he works hard or she works hard so yeah i think it's gonna be more fluid in the future right yeah i think it's for the benefit of everyone and we all know the cognitive benefits of yeah. studying another language if i would be a person with no English right now that would feel like a big obstacle but the realization of that there is more like you said resources and mm. the world is more open to it right now so it will be less of a little bit of less an obstacle for me there are other people that immigrate to other countries or travel travel to other countries without knowing any any language we're gonna struggle a lot I think about people who travel to other countries before cell phones how if you're alone how terrifying would that be if you didn't know the language yeah either you're in a place where people know english or your language or whatever or carrying a dictionary with you yeah yeah you're carrying a dictionary or just use hand motions to to people i I was in France last year and like it was an unexpected part of my trip. Didn't I I've studied some French before but I like didn't really know anything and I felt like such an asshole when I was there because I couldn't I could like barely talk to anyone and they all had to speak English to me and even when I would try to speak French words, it was the same problem I mentioned earlier where no one understood what I was saying. And especially if that person, their first language isn't French, then they really didn't understand me, which was is the opposite of my experience in in New York, where there's a person who learns English as a second language they can understand another person who's like learning English better than I can because I guess they're just more aware of a mistake they that you might make. And I'm coming from the perspective of expecting the perfect grammar, right? And I was always so shocked by this. I would hear something from an international uh, tourist or something and I would be like, what on earth did they just say? And Memo, who's from, would be from a different, a wholly different part of the world from them, could understand them perfectly. And, and maybe that's just, he is used to that. Maybe he was just used to speaking to more people with different accents and grammar or whatever than I was. But it was so surprising to me. And I kept seeing it like over and over again, like with different people too. It's it's kind of frustrating, honestly. I'm like, well, I should be able to understand. You as a na- native speaker. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, it's interesting. I guess that is just one of the benefits of knowing another language is it kind of you understand maybe someone's pattern of speech or you've heard another accent. So, you know, your your mind can think a little bit differently when it's trying to decipher stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I'd like to see a research paper on that. Well, how about in how about in work life? Mm-hmm. How do you how would you per- perceive the uh, language barriers in in work life? Let's say you offered a job in Turkey. If I was offered a job in yeah. Turkey, uh, how hard would that be for you? Well, I mean, if I was speaking like Turkish to them, you mean? Yeah, or like your job is like teaching English in Turkey. So I did some English teaching before, but it was to kids that were already like at a certain level of English. So I I didn't have to know their language. And that was pretty simple and straightforward. If there's a mistake, I just correct them. And but if I was teaching someone who had no knowledge of English, well, I don't I don't have the skills to do that. 
first of all. But if I had to go there and report to someone and like figure it out every day, of course you're going to be motivated to like work harder to to know the language to understand what your students if you're teaching you know what what their struggles are there's going to be some extra motivation I mean I'm sure I would be like you when you came here like just be nodding like "Uh (laughs) uh-huh maybe I wouldn't do that actually maybe I would say can you speak into google translate for me because I wouldn't want to be in the dark completely to what they were saying which I don't know how how much have you used Google Translate feature where you can speak into it and get a, a written translation in your language in the first place or have you ever used that? No, not really. Just I usually like type the words if I you mean like the hearing the words. You can record audio and it translates it into words or it can actually speak it too. You say words in one language and it speaks words in another language out to you. Oh, I never used it. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I think people don't like doing that. I think they prefer yeah. to type. Prefer to type, right. Because maybe maybe they're nervous that it's not going to pick up. Yeah. They're not going to have enough control over what is going to be said on the other side. Yeah. Right, for a person like me, language shouldn't be feeling like a barrier. It should be feeling like a challenge that I should have overcome. It it felt like that for me. And I was trying to get myself more Americanized and not just speak, also like try to pick up the accent, Mm. the the American accent also. Because it helped me, it did help me a lot. The culture with it, it it comes with it and and really like experience that. So I could just start thinking in English and then speaking in English. You know, so I want to think in English when I'm like, even if I'm, when I'm like talking to myself. So the... Do you think in English normally? Yeah, sometimes I'm like force myself to it. Well, that's interesting to yeah. me. Forcing yourself to think in another language. Because I wanted to smooth out the flaws. That was my goal. When I was like, when I wanted to talk with an, with an American, with a native speaker, I want them to feel that I'm trying really hard. I know it sounds like a, it sounds like a pity. I just wanted them to, I just wanted them, wanted to connect them, to connect myself with, the, with those people when I like newly met or, you know. Yeah, of course. Faster. I mean, well, you're living here, so you want to. Yeah. Most of my fellows, like most of my, most of the Turkish people who comes, who comes here, they don't have a passion like that, mm. which sounds like, of course, it's their choice. It's their it's their life. I cannot, you know. But to to better blend in here, I'm not saying that you should assimilate yourself. You should yeah. like change your character. But it did help me a lot. It did help me land a job here, because I had a way of speaking that most the closest to an American accent. You know. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense to me, because the immersion it's context for the language. Also, I should say that nobody, nobody expected that from me. You know, none of the people that I met here, oh, they should. If you want, if you like, if you want to speak in English, you should speak like an American. No, I never like experienced that. It was just for myself. It was just like my goal. If someone would want to learn Turkish, I wouldn't want them to talk in like a native accent. I wouldn't expect that. No one, no one, is, no one expects that. Yeah. But for just for just my experience, it was a good starting point. If I would have uh, an heavy accent here, I wouldn't like feel more confident. Hmm. Well, I think that's kind of not feeling like the other, I guess. No, when I say that, I sometimes it, I'm like questioning myself if I'm doing if I'm doing the right thing or wrong thing. I don't think I'm doing the wrong wrong thing. I don't. I don't know why you you would think that you were doing the wrong thing because when you're talking about the the other guys that are immigrating here, the ones I I see mostly, they're not really interested in immersion. So it doesn't matter as much to them to speak with a great accent or even to speak great English because that's just not their goal. 
and it's fine if that's not your goal. You shouldn't be forced to like be a certain way just because you live here. But it would be to their benefit. Yeah, it would it would help a lot. <laughs> if that was their goal. I think you are connecting with this country and the people of this country. And that is a great thing. I mean, not just for you, but for the people around you. I yeah, like I said, I mean, I don't I don't expect people who immigrate here to like speak perfect English or have a perfect accent or or even if they don't want to focus on that, like I'm not going to judge them because there's a lot of things to focus on when you come to a new country. So I'm not going to judge them for that. But if you're trying to engage with a nation, with a, a group of people, yeah, I mean, that's what, that's what it's all about. Understanding them and maybe trying on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, trying on of an accent or um or whatever. Yeah, to overcome the language barriers, try to blend in with the society you're living in. Without, of course, changing your character, you don't have to change that. But it would help you a lot but in order will, to. Do you find yourself with a changed character? No, of course not. Okay. No, no. But learning the uh, real like American accent has like softened the way I talk. The way I talk. Hmm. Which is not a bad thing. Well, intonation. Yeah, intonation. Can be very different depending on the language and the country. Something that's jarring for people when they speak to someone uh, from China. People in China don't use like a bunch of qualifying words like, oh, may I please uh, get over here? Is that okay? Thank you. You know, they just say, give me that. <laughs> You know, and to me, it would sound rude. That's a good point. But it's not, it's not rude. Some people who immigrate to the U.S. get frustrated. You know, why, why are you beating around the bush? Like, why don't you just, just say what you want? Be clear, be quick about it. And, you know, there's annoyances on all sides of the situation because it's too jarring for people. But if you come to kind of expect it and you and you know it, then then it's fine. You know, you get used to it. It's not a big deal. But if if someone didn't know that, then they would, you know, they would clearly assume, well, this guy's a real jerk. Mm. But actually, it's more polite to be direct. Yeah. So I guess education is good when encountering a language barrier. The more informed you can be, like the less upset and frustrated you're gonna be. Exactly, yeah. That's why I was afraid when I started learning, because there's also like that kind of a difference in Turkish too. You know, if you try to like exactly translate some sentences, like some words in Turkish, have a kind of a different meaning in English. How it stands in the in the in the sense in in the sentence or how it stands in the in the culture. That was one of the reasons that I want to, I wanted to like get into not just learning the grammar. I also wanted to learn like if I would be an American, how would I create this sentence? You mm. know, if there was a a guy who was born in Chicago instead of me, how would he talk about Mets <laughs> instead of <laughs> me talking about Mets? You know. I mean, I feel like that's a really Interesting. I'm still exercise. not that at point, by the way. I'm don't even. I'm not that far. <laughs> like, uh, so, so yeah, I did. Yeah, I still cannot talk about uh, baseball. But I think this is something a lot of people don't do. They don't think about well, how would how would this this guy from here say that? How would he talk about it? Mm -hmm. What words would he use? What would he think about it? I think that's something like people don't automatically like think to do really. And it it seems like it would be really helpful. But you you kind of see people make the same mistakes like language errors or using a word that doesn't really quite work but it's like a literal translation. And it's it's fine because you you comprehend and that's the goal of language period. But they aren't getting any closer to being like a, a native in that way. And like we mentioned before, maybe that's not their goal. Maybe their goal is, oh, I just need to get around and 
talk to people and that's it. But if you are really conscious of the differences that of the way like you're speaking as opposed to the way a native is speaking, you're going to correct yourself and you're going to improve, I think. Well, yeah, you're right. Right now, you know what I think? I really like became interested about Southern accent. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of the most, um, maybe the most distinct of the accents in yeah. America. One of the most recognizable. Yeah. Well, how do y'all? <laughs> I can talk more Southern if I want to, but I, I rarely do. Hmm. Because I'm I'm from Kansas, so we're not a Southern state, which a lot of New Yorkers assume that because they don't know geography. <laughs> it's Midwestern, but there's a bit of a of a southern um thing going on there mm. and you hear it enough if you grow up there that you can you can speak that way mm. more easily I think than someone with a a northern accent but I I don't feel a real connection to the southern accent so I I don't put it on and it's so hard for me to think about my accent because I'm like, well, I have a standard American accent, which is a real thing. But it's like, no, you no, you you don't actually. <laughs> you you have a Midwestern accent. But I I have been told by people from other countries that I have a great accent for them to understand. But I I wish I could I could understand my accent better. People from the South, they they hear the Southern parts of my accent very easily. Oh, whereas that's interesting. Yeah, whereas people in the North, they might not say, oh, I can tell, you know, you're from somewhere close to the South. But people with a stronger Southern accent, they do. They're like, oh, yeah, you got a little bit of something. <laughs> and I, I hear it sometimes on certain inflection points. I do hear it. Wow, that's nice to me. I think the the southern accent is nice, but I just I can't love it because of its associations with the southern culture, which I just really don't identify with. It's so funny that people in the north like here in New York, they really are fascinated with the southern area because it's so different, different culture. That was so strange to me. When I first came to New York, I'm like, really? You, you like the South? Like, <laughs> <laughs> aren't you supposed to be Yankees here? <laughs> but anything foreign is, has kind of a, a draw for people, or it can, unless you're highly xenophobic or whatever. Sound, sound exotic, I guess. Seem exotic. <laughs> a lot of people from other countries that don't consume a lot of American media, they really have a hard time with Black American dialect. And they're like, it doesn't make sense. And some people do have like a stronger accent with that too. I've had people tell me before, you know, if a Black person talks to me, I have no idea what they're saying. And I just have explained like they're speaking another dialect there's different grammar rules than i don't i mean i don't want to say like standard american dialect because then it makes it sound like black american dialect is like the other it's the non-standard but i don't really know i don't know i guess the proper terms for that but you know different grammar rules different um pronunciation and you know, you got to learn another language sometimes when you when you come here to help you understand. But of course, me growing up hearing that all the time, it's not a problem at all. I guess that's not the only thing about language barriers for a new speaker. Yeah, I would say the same by myself. But I was like you when I first came. I wasn't still in New York State. Mm -hmm. So... But when I first went to the South State after two years, it, t it took me a while to understand the uh, language over there, especially the Southern accent. They were like speaking so fast. and But it was nice though. 
sounds interesting to me also. Do you like associate your English more with American English as opposed to like British English? Yeah, of course. Because that's not the case for a lot of people because they they're coming from somewhere so much closer to the UK that everything is focused around like all schooling is focused around like British English. Uh And there are like some differences. I mean, of course, the the grammar is the same. Uh In public schools in Turkey are like uh, studies are like coming from the American institutes mostly, but also there is like hollow effect. We hear more of a American accent than British accent in Turkey. Mm. Most of the people who learn English uh, in Turkey, like they learn in American way mostly. So that's why I was, I was like, always say water, you know, not water. That's. Can you say that again? Water. <laughs> and the other one. Water. Wow. Okay. Water is. I think water. Water is British. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because when I like, I met an old British guy. I asked for a water. I asked for water. You know. <laughs> and then yeah, he he told me, he teach me it's water. Oh, okay. you have to say water. You need to say okay. <laughs> you own the language. I didn't. Okay, I'll say I'll say it in your way. I don't care. <laughs> also, there's so many accents in England too. Oh yeah, and I also met this guy recently, like Hamza's wedding. Do you remember the guy who, the photographer? Yes. He talked in a heavy, not heavy, but in a British accent. Really? Did you? Yeah. Have you realized that? I talked to him so briefly that okay. maybe I just missed it, and he was quiet too. So yeah, yeah, he was like uh, sitting next to me all the time, you know, also especially in the car. I would just like try to talk to him because I didn't want him to feel lonely mm-hmm. in the in the wedding, and uh, then it drew my attention, like. He has like a really like certain way of talking in English in a British accent. And I has I asked him on the way back, did you like study in the UK some somehow? No, I never like studied in the UK or never been to UK. And why do you talk like a British accent? He said, it sounds more trustworthy <laughs> to people. I think that's why I learned in how to talk in British accent. Um... Uh... I don't. I thought I was the craziest person <laughs> by learning the American accent by like, oh, I want to blend in in the society. But so, yeah, you're living in America and you. No, I realized like a person that who wants to talk in a British accent in America and then he thinks that he sounds more trustworthy and more. He thinks that it, it sounds more trustworthy. And, uh, well, I I don't know that I agree more with that. More presentable, more 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 presentable. Well, I find that a little offensive. <laughs> I don't know. What's unpresentable about my English? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, it's an interesting choice to, but I'm, I think it might make people like you more if you talk and. I think so. Yeah, that's British why that's accent. why he did. That's kind of a. I can't criticize that because I'm doing the same thing. But he's not in England, though, is the thing. It's it's like, okay, yeah, you can use whatever accent you want, but you are still distancing yourself a bit by not using the accent of the country you're in uh-huh. by choice. I don't, I, I don't knock his decision. But I I don't know I don't know if it's the best idea. What do you think? Yeah, me neither. <laughs> it does sound. I mean, when I watch Double O Seven, when I watch Bond movies, yeah, I wanted to talk in a British accent, of course, for like a couple of weeks, and then well, that's passes. everyone. Yeah, it passes like you know. But yeah, I'm I'm happy the choice I made. I would speak in British accent for fun, to be funny, to to myself or even like to other people. But I wouldn't. I don't know. I wouldn't push that far. It's <laughs> a it's a conversation starter. Yeah. At least, because people people will ask you, 
you know, why are you speaking in a British accent? Unless, you know, they just assume that he's he's from Britain. No, he was from Turkmenistan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I can solidly say I have no knowledge of Turkmenistan whatsoever. It's yeah, it's it's a different dialect. I cannot I can pick up some words when I hear them talking. Hmm. Some sentences. Also, people from Azerbaijan, you know, I can understand them more clearly than Turkmen Turkmenistan people talking. Yeah, as Azeris really close to Turkish, I think. Yeah, it's more close closer to Turkish, yeah. Let me ask you this. I see you some time to time like try to connect with people Turkish people so do you feel do you want to like talk Turkish to them yeah but uh only if I'm in a certain mood (laughs) (laughs) because if I'm not uh feeling particularly confident that day I'm probably not gonna try because I don't know I get I get so scared I don't want to sound dumb, which I feel like is one of my biggest personality flaws is uh, I'm focused on not sounding stupid a lot. But something I I learned traveling alone where I couldn't speak the language of a country is that it's really important to sound stupid because if you don't sound stupid, you might not say anything at all. And then you'll be lost on a train going somewhere that you don't even know where it is. And you'll never get back home. And I understood that. But the point is really grilled into my brain traveling in other countries. You have to communicate even if you do it badly, like because you can't maybe you can't read the sign or you don't know where to go or or what you should be doing. You, You have to be brave enough to attempt to make the attempt and it's easier there because you're forced whereas here someone comes up to me and they speak turkish i i I could force them to speak in english to me because you know they're they're here and they probably know some english but it's so much easier out of necessity i'm trying to teach myself to not be so held back by those fears and to just communicate because I think people appreciate your your efforts to communicate, even if it's shitty. They they still have some kind of appreciation. But you might meet someone who doesn't want to deal, like I was discussing earlier, they don't want to deal with your lack of language skill. They're too impatient or annoyed. And that's not really my fear, but it could happen. I see. Also, I've told you this before that, I mean, most of the immigrants from Turkey here are men and they don't really talk to me, (laughs) you know, especially if they are meeting me through, you know, memo, they are going to talk to him and maybe say hi to me, but, but that's about it. (laughs) He mentioned that it's, a bit of a cultural thing they they wouldn't have a conversation with me off to the side if they don't know him that well yeah which i'm insulted by yeah it's pretty <laughs> most of them are probably not fluent speakers they might, some of them even might not even like know any english some of them don't yeah they just feel connected to related to the person next to them who's speaking the same language with them i guess which is like a, it's like a mindset. The language barrier also, you can like create your own barrier by staying that way. If you want to like overcome that, it's in your hands. Absolutely. I, I can relate to them because there's a comfort that comes from being around someone who is, you know, their native language is your native language. And especially when you're in a foreign environment, are they going to want to talk to me and like Uh spend time talking to me in Turkish when I'm speaking like an American accent, when they can talk to someone who who understands them on a much deeper level? Of course, they're going to gravitate towards that sense of belonging. Yeah, that's still kind of rude. 
I must admit. Kind of rude, did you say? Yeah, sorry about my countrymen. Oh, thank you. I, I accept your apology on behalf <laughs> of all Turks. I mean, I, I get it, but I'm at the same time, I'm like, well, you're you're here now. You know, you came here, so you got to start talking. You're you're here by choice. I mean, you should make an effort to to intermingle and to not I don't want to say blend in, but at least put an effort into what is customary, which I mean, I'm sure maybe a lot of Americans do not do that either. And we've all heard about how horrible American tourists are from many people not knowing any other language or acting rude. And so it's it's not like I'm saying the problem is these Turkish guys. It's kind of how, how it is. Well, exactly. I would still feel something missing. Uh, that wouldn't be one of my goals here when I came, when I first came. Let's say if I wouldn't have showed any effort, yeah, I would probably still feel missing, something missing inside of me. So I don't know how... Other people related to that, but that would be my case. They're missing something that's right in front of them, and that's opportunity. A lot of the guys that that we meet, they're here for a singular purpose, which is to make money. And I'm not trying to to judge anyone for that, trying to make a better life for themselves, but it's it's a little narrow-minded to just say, I'm just going to go here. I'm not going to learn the language or try to engage with the locals. I'm just here to work, get my check and maybe stay or maybe just get out, you know, when the season's over. And some people, they have to do that. They have no choice. They can't feed their family back home. And it's like, you're not here to like live in a new country. You're here for to to live, period. I don't want to say that I'm I look down on those people because I don't but if you are making that conscious choice like I'm going to live my life somewhere else that's pretty serious that's that's a big commitment and yeah you could just keep in your own community with your own speakers of your own native language and keep listening to the same music, keep watching the same TV, the same news, the same everything. If you're going to keep consuming the same culture and not at all engage with the country in which you are residing and living, there's something uh, there's something missing, like you said. I don't want to say I, I, I judge them, but I do kind of question, like, is that worth it to you? Is that worth it to you to spend years of your life in a new place and just not gain anything from that experience? Any understanding or exploration or even advancement, let's say, mm-hmm. for you, speaking better English helped you get a job. Well, exactly. I agree with you on that. Let's end this this conversation by judging other people coming to this country, but... Oh, you weren't judging. You were just stating your own perspective. I mean, I'm pretty sure like people in Turkey, we have, uh, if you would ask a Turkish person, they would say the same thing about a person who comes to who comes to the country and learn, the, learn their language. You know, they would be even judged more than here if, if they wouldn't be speaking Turkish well, you know. Do you, do you feel like, People who have immigrated to Turkey, which I know many of them are refugees, do you feel like they are putting in a big effort to learn Turkish? Some of them, yeah. I would say for the younger generation, yes, because they try to get in proper education, you know, mm. in the, the institutes of the country. Well, and, yeah, I mean, uh, if you want to go to school, I assume. Yeah. You would have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, there are still like, I can't say a lot. Doesn't know. Doesn't know how to speak Turkish mm-hmm. that well, or even not even speak at all, which is fine. I don't know if they passed. I don't know. If they've been through. Maybe didn't have didn't have the chance, but maybe some of them just walked away from their house and had to go straight yeah. to Turkey, basically. 
we came here for school, so we had to learn the language in a proper way, of course. With immigrants relying on their children for the the language of the country they live in, the child will learn easier because they're younger and they are forced to because they have to go to school, right? So that's kind of a a burden for a lot of you know people who whose parents immigrated. They are the translator for the family. I have a lot of sympathy for those people because they have to do the job that no child should have to do and maybe know things about their parents or their situation that children shouldn't need to know. I've heard people talking about, like, I had to talk to the electric company on the phone as a kid, you know, for my for my mom. And, and they will, like, carry that burden for maybe their entire lives. Because many people, if they have the, the simple way, like, someone will talk for me, you know, they're not going to, like, have the motivation to learn the language. And you need the motivation because it's very hard. That can keep you out from learning, definitely. Yeah. So I guess it's by choice in some way. For example, for me and my mom sometimes comes here and visit me, you know, she has a visa, but uh, she would survive here without me, you know, <laughs> because she doesn't know any English. So she started taking English classes till last year and then COVID happened. She said, next time when I come to the country, I at least want to be able to like speak some. Mm. Yeah. She had to like the drive to learn, which is, uh, it makes me realize that it's, it is possible. Yeah. I think we know more about language learning now and, you know, it doesn't matter how old you are, you can still learn quite a bit of a language. So that shouldn't, that should never hold someone back to feel like they're, they're too old. Also, it will be hard at first. When I first started learning, the, the challenge was felt bigger to me. This is this language barrier thing is not like you do it in one day, you finish it, and you overcome it. Not like that. It's just uh, in its time. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to. I don't know how to speak. Oh, this makes you feel more anxious. But by the time you you'll get used to it, you'll like learn how to overcome it at some point. It doesn't have to be perfect. As long as you can understand the person in front of you. And make them understand you. I think you just, there's no barrier anymore. There's no like obstacle anymore, I guess. Mm. Well, I think the biggest thing is your mindset. Because if you are kind of accepting of the imperfections you, you'll have or the challenges that you'll face and knowing that it's it's still going to be okay in the end, that's when you've actually made it. There will always maybe be frustrations, but ultimately, like, you are getting better. Even, even for me, even though, like, it's been, a, it's been a lot of years since I came, since I started learning, and then even though I can, like, understand everything and make a conversation with another person, there are, like, some days for me that are, like, people talking, and I cannot relate it to that conversation because I, was, I wasn't born here. Mm. There's going to be a, I wouldn't say a language barrier, but maybe a culture barrier or I don't know how to call it, but mm. you, you get what I mean. I cannot be too sad about it. Well, no, <laughs> I, you shouldn't be. Yeah. I think what people are most drawn to is when they see like the connection, where they see the similarity. Right. Like, oh, my family does that, too. It feels good. It, and people want to talk about those things. It's it's good to be able to relate. That's true. But I'd, I also don't think people would be like disinterested in, in hearing your experience. I guess if I want to put a pin in the in the language barrier conversation, I would say. Well, it's a very like combative word saying barrier. Mm. And I think that that brings to mind a disconnection and a wall between people. If there's a language barrier, like you can't speak to them, period. But we're not really talking 
we're not really talking about that. We're talking about um, adaptation, I guess. Can I say adaptation wipes off the barrier? Yes, it does. <laughs> I would agree with that. Okay, then then it would help a lot. So I would say to that. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening to us. Yes, we'll be back next week. We'll be back next week. Please follow us on social media. You can find us. <laughs> You're like, please do social media, even though I hate it. <laughs> Email us at interculturepodcast at gmail.com or follow us on social media at interculturepod.